While the Hall of Fame game was going on, a big free agency signing happened with the Chicago Bears. Yannick Ngakwe, we'll talk about that, predicting the final top 10 of the NFL's top 100 and the top remaining free agents available in the NFL. All here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, Chris Carter and Lauren Cox coming at you. Let's get into it. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We are your hosts, Chris Carter and Lauren Cox of Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bears coming at you on the on a Friday edition here. Remember, you can find this podcast on all your favorite podcasting apps and podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes of the Locked On NFL Podcast and all of the content that comes through this channel. Today's episode is sponsored. By eBay Motors, a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for part that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Lauren, before we get into Yannick Ngakwe, let's talk about the Hall of Fame game. It happened. Now let's move on because no one cares about the Hall of Fame. No one ever does. We don't, we don't, you don't know any of the people played. Like there, there were some guys that scored. T- Great. Browns won 21 16. Yep. You got it. Kevin Mond played the first half. Dorian Thompson, right? Robert Thompson played the second half. Like Zach Wilson barely played. Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench. The lights went out. Like that was. There's the lights sport. went out. We didn't even know the lights went out in the game. That's all. That's why no one cares. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even bother. It was probably the janitors being like, that game's over, right? I think it's over. They turned it out. Oh, wait, it's still going. My bad. We weren't watching either. Oh, my gosh. Anyways, let's talk about the actual big news in the NFL. And that was a big, big for your channel, Locked on Bears. Go get the, the full reaction that Lauren has to that because that's a huge signing. The Bears signed Yannick Ngakwe to a one-year $10.5 million deal. Lauren, I'll let you take the lead on this. this. is your squad. What do you think of this signing? Yeah, this is something that Bears fans have been hoping for for quite some time, and it was getting to the point where it was like tinfoil hat conspiracy. Like, they're going <laughs> to sign him. At some point, they're going to sign him. You know, we got to keep the faith. Everyone's like holding hands in a big prayer circle for Yannick Ngakwe to come to Chicago and – Finally, the, the chosen one has been delivered to redeem us. Uh, and uh, no, I mean, this, <laughs> this is, this is great. Like, there's such a desperation. This is this was on paper the worst defensive line in football, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. They did not have proven pass rushers anywhere on this defensive line, despite investing in it in free agency and the NFL draft. But I think the Bears GM, Ryan Poles, throughout the year kind of said, like, we're not going to go overspend for anybody in free agency. We're going to kind of let it come to us and we'll play the long game here and maybe – we won't be able to fix everything all at once, but we'll get there eventually. And eventually is is now, you know, a one-year deal mm-hmm. for Ngakwe worth $10.5 million, almost fully guaranteed. I think $10 million of the 10 and a half are fully guaranteed because the Bears are sitting there with the most cap space in the NFL. So, like, they can afford to dump a bunch of cap space 
for one year into this player. It's not going to hurt them financially long-term. And he instantly right. steps in as their number one pass rusher, makes everybody else's job a little bit easier. We, we know Ngakwe has never been very good against the run, so they may have to use him a little more situationally, but it just it just makes everybody else's job easier and has, I think, a ripple effect across that defensive line and is just very, very much needed for this team. This is a Bears team that seems like they're reloading across the board. You went and paid for Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, uh, drafted guys like Tyreek Stevenson. Do you see a big uptick coming for the Bears defense this season? Because everyone's going to be looking at Justin Fields, but that defense also has to hold it together this year. Yeah, you know, before Ngakwe, there was a lot of concerns about how good this defense would be, in in large part because the pass rush just really isn't there. And I don't know that one player completely fixes the problem, but I think Mm. it takes them from for sure the worst unit in the league to pushing outside of the bottom five maybe type unit in the league. And can that be good enough when you've got a a revamped linebacking core and a a young but ascending secondary with a lot of draft picks invested in that four second round picks are expected to be starters this year along with Eddie Jackson in that secondary. So like there's a lot of young talent across that defense and it's all about these guys kind of growing and taking that next step forward. That's really the theme for the whole Bears team, but especially the defense, right? It's like Justin Fields taking that next step. It's it's Kyler Gordon. It's Tyreek Stevenson. It's some of the young players in the defensive line. Like they need a bunch of young players to grow and develop properly. And I think with that, there's going to be some games where they play really well, and there's still going to be games where they make some mistakes. So, so I think overall, it leaves the defense as as much of a work in progress, but making good progress. And I think some of the bigger veteran additions, you know, like Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards at linebacker can help be stabilizing force there. The bears still have quite a chunk of money left. I believe they had $28.2 million in cap space. If 10.5 come off there, you're looking at still like 18 plus million dollars. That's still a good amount of money to spend if like on more, like another big one, one or two more big, big, ten, big one-year deals that you can get for free agency out there. Do you see the Bears still being hungry to add to this roster? I would be surprised if they made another big splash signing, but if I were GM, I would sign another pass rusher. Like, why mm. not? Another one-year yeah. deal, another 10-year, like, go get Justin Houston, give him the same contract, or certainly if Jadavion Clowney would be willing to come, I, I don't know that he's wants to come to a team like Chicago at this stage of his career, but, like, go get another one because you can never have too many good pass rushers and you still really need more in that department. I think this was kind of the one that they had in the tank, though. They're going to likely do a contract extension for a player like a Darnell Mooney or a Jalen Johnson and use some cap space there. And they just generally want to keep some salary cap flexibility in here, too. So I'm not expecting another big splash. But if I were in charge, a one-year deal, you got nothing to lose. You'll get the cap space back immediately in the new league. Exactly. You're not, you're not, you're not holding yourself back by spending it now as opposed to just sort of saving it for the future. And at the same time, even let's say even like you hit with that player, that player you didn't have a relationship with, and you can be like, "Hey, did you have fun this year? Guess what? We could we'd like to run it back next year. And if you don't, you don't. And then you let that player hit free agency, and then you just see what you want to do. But it, it makes sense to me a Bears team that's looking for a lot of answers that they don't have that they didn't have last year. You have money, spend it now, but still leave yourself the space for future years when you want to sign players that you already have on your roster to longer-term deals. These type of things don't hurt. A big move on the part of the Bears with Yannick Ngakwe. We're going to get into the later into the show, into other free agents who are still available that people are going to be looking at. So don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about that. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the top 10 of the top 100 because they are that is what we are down to for the NFL's top 100. It's fun it's fun every year. It's not anything that's like concrete or like, you know, total news breaking, 
but there were some surprise names that got named in the top in, in the between 11 and 20 that I think caught some people off guard with who got named where. And so we Lauren and I have narrowed it down to who we think will be in the top 10 and we've created our orders. We'll give you our orders after the break here on the Locked On NFL podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. He's Lauren Cox. I'm Chris Carter. Stick with us as we get ready for that. But first, before we do any of that, we want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at underdog fantasy with august here you know what that means it's the official start of fantasy football drafting month get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy all you do is one live snake draft there's no waivers there's no trades underdog sets your best lineup every single week you can try it out with underdog's best ball mania tournament the largest fantasy football contest of all time and it's back and even bigger they have 15 million dollars of total prizes up for grabs including an absurd Third, $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July. So don't wait. Wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one word. And you'll get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON on Underdog Fantasy, the app, or the website, underdogfantasy.com. Back here on the Locked On NFL podcast, Chris Carter, Lauren Cox from Locked On Steelers and Locked On Bears. Let's talk some bigger league thing. We focused on the Bears a lot there because of the Yannick Ngakwe signing because that was that was a big deal. But let's predict some top one hundred. Won't be. Would you say? Now we'll talk about something where the Bears won't be the top. 10. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. There's uh there, there's an interesting list here. I, I want to say, and you and I talked about this off camera before we started the show. The biggest surprise I had of all of the top 100 stuff that we've seen so far is that Aaron Donald came in at 11. And I know that Aaron Donald is, you know, kind of tailing off. He's he's not the greatest defensive lineman of all time, like like playing like it right now but he's still playing like the greatest defensive lineman in football and he's still eating people alive and for him to be 11 i'm like man something's wrong with this list yeah i mean he he missed like the final five games of the season so is that just like an injury punishment kind of thing or but like or is this just sort of like yeah the rams were so bad like we can't can't put him in the top. like i to me i am with you 100 like aaron donald is still the best defensive lineman in football certainly the best defensive tackle in football and to, not that it like okay the difference between 11 and 9 or whatever but he should be like still top five on this list if not even closer to number one like how we were just looking at the list from last year like he was he was what three no number two last year to go from two to 11 yeah he still had you know a really strong season even though the sack numbers weren't quite the same like the, his pressure numbers were just at the same level it's been every single year and you know it, it's, it's a list we can get upset about a lot of different spots of the list but that one needs to be higher well, now, now it's time for people to get a set at our lists because we have now gone through. We literally sat here. We were nerds. We looked at this list, and then we said, okay, who's definitely in the top 10? We discerned who those top 10 players were, and then we went and we made our top 10 of guys who were on, on this list. So we're going to go through our list 10 to 1, who we think are the top 10 players. Lauren, I'll let you lead it off. Who's your number 10 player that you think should be? This isn't who you predict that they'll list. This is if you made your top 10 list of the top 10 guys that haven't been named as part of the top 100, who's your number 10 guy? 
I'm predicting that our nine and 10 will be pretty similar and our top three will be similar. And the middle is going to be a lot different, but my number okay. 10 is Jonathan Taylor from the, correct. <laughs> you know, obviously like led the NFL in every rushing category two years ago, injured for a lot of last year. And we're talking about, you know, yes, he's the bottom of this list, but he's still the 10th best player in football here. So like, it's not like a criticism of Jonathan Taylor to say, Oh, he's number 10 in the NFL. That's still a really good thing. I just think, you know, coming off the injury and given the kind of uh, the uncertain situation in Indianapolis right now, he's a step behind, I think. And he's just like the youngest, I think, of pretty much this entire group. And yeah. as a result, just like generally speaking, the least proven, the least long, you know, sort of consistent stretch of high level proven play over a, over a duration. Everybody else on this list has played high, at a higher level a little bit longer, I think. No, I, I, I agree with that. That's why he's my 10. So you're absolutely correct about who, who's 10. I don't know. You might be surprised at who my nine is here. If but if but if he if you put it number nine, who I put it number nine, it's gonna be a very interesting conversation. Who's your number nine guy? I put Aaron Rodgers here. Oh, it is the same guy. We're on the same look at us. We know our people. Oh man, Peter Bukowski, eat your heart out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you'd put him there, but I was I was thinking like maybe he will because he he's a, he, he's locked on bears and Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's had that rivalry with the Bears for so long. But I'm right with you. Like Aaron Rodgers is a great all-time quarterback. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best throwers of the football I've ever seen. But right now, I got questions. He's still a top 10 player. I got questions about him, you know, as far as far as will he be elite elite this season? Yeah, like how like how much do you blame on what was going on around him in Green Bay and how quickly is that all just going to be fixed or be better in New York with so much of a transition there? Like there's there are definitely a lot of questions there. Like I'm still still think he's going to be very good for the Jets. It's just a matter of like is that Super Bowl good or is it, or is it a little rocky along the way and they kind of stumbled in the playoffs and not and ultimately not really end up going anywhere? Yeah, I'm right with you. I mean, yeah, yeah to to lose for Aaron Rodgers' last game to be a loss uh, with, with the Green Bay Packers to be a loss to the Detroit Lions is one of the most bizarre endings I've seen uh, for for a, for a player like that to go out with with the team that drafted him and how he who he played for for so long. Okay, so our nine and ten were identical. I thought there'd be a little bit of difference there. Who's your eight? This is where I start to get really torn. My, my eight and my seven, I was going back and forth with. I, I ended up going with Nick Bosa here at eight. I have Nick Bosa. Are we having the same list, buddy? What are we doing here? Let's go. <laughs> I love these reactions. It's great. Like, And I was so torn. I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to get ahead of ourselves here, but between him and my number seven was, was Micah Parsons. Jeff Parsons there? Ooh, okay. That's where we're starting to get a little difference. We're not too far off. Yeah. But, but, yes. but, but that's really interesting. Well, both guys, I mean – Super productive sack artists. Mm -hmm. Both guys are also pretty darn good against the run, too. I, I felt like Parsons, as more of an off-ball guy, I think can, yeah. you can ask him to do a little bit more in the defense, whereas Bosa's you know, a pure edge rusher who's, again, ver versatile, but you're not asking him to drop back in coverage and as much and do those sorts of other things. So I, I put Bosa here just not quite, but, but like it's really splitting hairs at this point between these guys and the next like three or four ahead of them. No, I agree. Bose is my number eight. I, I think that he is a fant fantastic player. Um, I, I think that he's a guy that you put it there. I, I do have Parsons higher. I have him a, a different spot than you do. I'll reveal my seven here uh, to be Tyreek Hill. Um, I like Tyreek Hill, but I also just think that he's that the situation with the Dolphins is going to be a little rougher this year. So I'm putting him a little bit lower uh, than some of the other guys on this list. But, uh, but, 
I, I agree with you. I, I put Par- Parsons before Bosa as far as higher up, being higher up on the list because of his versatility um, and because both of them are elite pass rushers. Uh, you know, so I, I'll say that for all. I, and and I, I know right now there's someone from Pittsburgh saying, Chris, what's wrong with you? Where are you? Where are you about TJ Watt? Isn't he the best? Listen, if this was my list and I didn't have and TJ Watt wasn't ranked 27th like he is in this list, then yes, TJ Watt would be in my top 10, but he's not on the NFL top 100's top 10. So we're excluding him. So Pittsburgh fans, chill out. Anyways, so I revealed my. You revealed your seven. You revealed. I revealed my seven. Who's your six? And we'll we'll do we'll do both of our sixes before we go to our break here. Yeah, again, like I'm getting torn between a couple of players that I that I feel like are are neck and neck for me. Okay. This is where I put Tyreek Hill though, and okay, a lot of the same reasons you were talking about here. Like trying to trying to separate him versus a couple of the other pass catchers that are on this list. It's like nitpicking, like. You know, everyone's got in- incredible, insane stats and incredible, insane skills that no one else can match in the NFL and all uniquely great in their own way. But, yeah, much like you, the Dolphins and how consistent two is going to be, how healthy two is going to be over the course of a season. Like, I-, I think, you know, in a vacuum, Tyreek Hill might be a little bit higher up, but like I, I-, I got enough minor question marks there that I-, I just think, yeah, I'll throw him here and not quite any higher. Interesting, because my number six was Michael Parsons. So. Oh. Our list is the only difference is that you have Hill at six and I and Parsons at seven. I have Hill at seven and Parsons at six. So we are very close here, my friend, as far as how we're seeing these guys. Are, are we geniuses? I think we're geniuses. <laughs> group think, huh? yeah, group group think. Um, we, we I want to come back to this because we we got to reveal our top five, and then I want to go over some of the top remaining free agents out there after the Ngakwe signing. We'll do that here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, where Chris Carter and Lauren Cox stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Friday edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast, Chris Carter, Lauren Cox breaking things down. Lauren, let's get to our top five here. Who's your number five player? I I, I went back and forth with between this guy and Travis and uh, J- Tyree Kill as I Freudian slipped the name. I was going to say Travis Kelsey is, <laughs> is who I'm going to put in here. Like it, it's really hard to sort of rate a wide receiver versus a tight end, but I think Kelsey b- because he's I mean not that he's the world's best blocker by any means, but I think especially in that Chiefs offense, like the threat of him as a blocker gives you a little bit more versatility, a little bit more of. Like you can disguise a little bit more of what you're going to do with Travis Kelsey, just a little bit more than you can with Tyreek Hill. And I, I just think he's he's also like the best tight end in football and like third in the league in catches last year. I mean, that that blew me away that he was, he was ahead of a bunch of wide receivers. And just I think he's also more important to the engine that kept the Chiefs offense going more important than Tyreek Hill was. And that that to me par- partially kind of lifted that up as well. I hear you there. My number five is Josh Allen. And I still being top five is in a slight on, on Josh Allen. Uh, but I am a little concerned that the Bills' window of opportunity with this crew is coming to a close. Josh Allen's going to get plenty more chances at winning a Super Bowl with the Bills, but you know they lost Tremaine Evans. He's he's now with the Bears. They've had they're having to reload a little bit, and some of the guys that they've paid to keep that they paid to keep around, like Diggs, they're running out of time with this crew. So I think Josh Allen. He has benefited from the investments they made around him for some time. But last year was a disappointment for the Bills. And I think a little bit of disappointment 
for for Josh Allen when, when we looked at uh, how things played played out last year, uh, and he still had a great year. I mean, th- thirty five touchdowns, fourteen interceptions. But I, I think he needs to get those interceptions down. I think that he needs to he, he needs to be a little bit more consistent and limiting his him, his mistakes. Um, and uh, if he does that, he'll be even higher on my list. But I am at, at my number five. Who's your number four player? This is where I put Justin Jefferson. And again, okay. it's like t- trying to separate. Hill versus Jefferson versus Kelsey feels like an impossibility, but Jefferson is the whole engine of that, that Minnesota Vikings offense. Like you took him out of there and this, that would team would not be anywhere close to the number of wins they had last season and would be much, much farther out of the playoff race. And yeah, Justin Jefferson's best wide receiver football though. And I I think he's just uniquely talented in, in the most well-rounded, uniquely talented wide receiver in football. I, I agree. He's my number four as well. I have him. Th- I have him there. He's he's fantastically. Cu- and I think it could be really. It's going to be really interesting to see him and Jordan Addison with Kirk Cousins out there. Um, that that Addison's a guy I covered at Pitt for the time he was there before he went to USC. That kid's special. Um, I don't think he's on Justin Jefferson's level. But I think that as far he could be an NFL, he could be a number one receiver in the NFL and behind Justin Jefferson. He can be a really big problem for the team's second best cornerback who tries to line up with him uh, so long as Kirk Cousins doesn't mess everything up like sometimes he does. Um, but let's go to our top three here. Who's your number three player? This is where I put Josh Allen. Uh, you okay. know, clearly, clearly below the other names, still the other quarterback. We know who's up there. <laughs> uh, but still a very good quarterback. I mean, for all the reasons you said, I would like to see him cut down on turnovers a little bit there, but – you know, a window is starting to close, but still very, very high level. And I just feel like he, he can make such a, a strong impact on the game. So that's just the quarterback position being so valuable and him being one of the most rare special players at that spot in the NFL. It just put him a little bit ahead. The other skill position players here for me. I'm with you. I put Kelsey at three. This is where I put him there. And, you know, it's not a slight to Justin Jefferson. I just think that Kelsey, part of it's his connection with his quarterback. And, you know, if Kelsey played for another team, I might have him a little bit lower. But as far as the impact that he has on the game, uh, you know, I think him and Mahomes, there's a reason why those guys are the best offense. They are the most terrifying duo in the league. When those when those two are on the field, you better know you better be getting after it and playing your best game because they are a threat to take over. I think our two and one are identical. You even said at the kind of the top of the show that our bottom and our top would be the same, but we've had a lot of similarities. I think we've had 10 was the same, nine was the same, eight was the same, seven and six were flipped, four was the same. And so I'm assuming is your number two, Joe Burrow. It is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If, if you put Joe Burrow at number one, we were going to have some words. I was gonna be like, what's wrong with you, sir? Though <laughs> Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes is a great rivalry right now in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, obviously being both of our ones while Burrow is both of our twos. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think we saw a Patrick Mahomes is a little bit more dynamic of an athlete. If we're nitpicking here between the sure. two, and Joe Burrow has a better supporting cast overall. Certainly, yeah. Kelsey I think is not to look down upon Kelsey, but between Chase and, and Higgins and everybody else that Burrow has, once you took Tyree Kill out of the Chiefs' offense, they hardly missed a beat with Mahomes, and it was it's pretty phenomenal what he's been able to do, almost regardless of who's out there around him. And that's no disrespect to Joe Burrow. We're talking about the second best player in football versus the first best player in football. And unfortunately for Burrow, like Mahomes is still that guy until further notice. No, I, I agree. I mean, and to your point, you know, Burrow had Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd uh, and he had Joe Mixon. I mean, you, you had weapons on weapons on weapons in the Bengals offense. Patrick Mahomes, they got other guys on the Chiefs offense, but it's really just Travis Kelsey who's the superstar. And, and, and that's where 
Uh, that's where I think it's very interesting to see him ba- still have a balanced attack on offense, go to who he needs to go to in those moments. Uh, you know, so kudos to him. So there's our t- there's our finishing out our top 10 here. Uh, both of us have Burrow and Mahomes at two and then one. Um, but we'll see how it plays out. I believe the NFL top 100 finishes this weekend. So tune into NFL Network to get all the updates there on who actually finishes uh, in the certain the certain spots in the top 10. We'll see who's who which one of us got more of our more of our lists right compared to theirs. But let's talk about right now. We talked about Yannick Ngakwe signing. Let's look at some of the better free agents still available right now. If you go to NFL.com, they list their their players that are the best players available. And the number one name at the top of the list is still baffling to me. And it's Dalvin Cook. Now Dalvin Cook rumored to maybe be you know going to the Jets. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, Dalvin Cook going somewhere. Uh, I, I think he's. I thought he was phenomenal for the Vikings, and I thought it was silly for them to let him go. I understand finances and stuff like that, but that guy is in the prime of his career. He's ready to be a playmaker, and I just. I think if, if there's a team out there that needs a running back, even for just just this year, you got to go get this guy. Yeah, it, it seems to me it's just like a finance question at this point of like who can convince him that their money is going to be worth it to maybe take a little less to go play for them. Right. Like I was right. just looking at teams with some salary cap space. You're like the jets have about just under $16 million left. Uh, I know the Patriots are rumored to be interested at about 15 and a half million dollars left. I think the dolphins were a little bit lower on the list and I'm oh, at 12, just under $13 million left. So like, you know, if, if Dalvin cook's looking at this eight, nine, $10 million range, maybe, you know, depending on what he's asking for, like that becomes a challenge for, some of these, especially like contending teams like the Buffalo Bills that are sitting at like five-ish million dollars of cap space, like at some point, what's more important to them, right? Getting a big one-year payday here or going to a team that might give them a better chance at winning the Super Bowl this year? And that seems to be right. where the stillmate is. I think that's definitely that's that's definitely a consideration here. And maybe it's the Jets because they feel Aaron Rodgers is gonna be it. Um, but Dalvin Cook, a big guy there. Let's look at some other some of the other big names here. Uh, on 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 the list here that the the NFL NFL.com has as far as free agents still available, Davian Clowney, uh, who left the Browns earlier this this offseason, is still out there, um, and it's kind of interesting to see a guy of his measurables at 30 years old still be floating out there. But there's other edge rushers as well. Melvin Ingram, who's 34 years old, is is out there, and Justin Houston, uh, a guy that you brought up earlier. Uh, both of those guys, 34 years old. Who do you think is the first edge rusher of those three to get signed somewhere more? I'm surprised it hasn't been Clowney yet. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've right? sort of seen Clowney take this path before where he kind of does the mercenary thing, the I don't want to be on a team for OTAs and minicamp and the beginning of training camp. Screw that. I'm a veteran. I know how to do this. I'm I'm getting up there in age. I'll show up just in time to do the bare minimum in order to play for this team. And he's, you know, of those guys we talked about, especially with Ngakwe off the board, he's kind of the young, the young one of the group, even at age 30, like Melvin Ingram is 34. Justin Houston is 34. Some of those other pass rushers are all like in their 32 plus age range. And Ngakwe was 28. And I think that's part of why the bears favored him. They've mm. been one team in general, but yeah, to me, like Clowney has the right combination of like still young enough that you're not worried about the guy coming in and being just, over the hill and past his prime, even on a one-year deal, like he should still get a pretty darn good Jadavian Clowney. And like again, like if Bears go ahead and go out and get another one, by all means, I would absolutely take a, a second one out of this group. But I think there's a few different teams, even in the NFC North, that could be interested in another pass rusher, like the, like the Detroit Lions or you know even the Green Bay Packers. I'd take more depth on that 
pass rush group as well. There's there's plenty of there's plenty plenty of teams that never have too many good pass rushers. Other guys on the list here: guard Dalton Risner, twenty eight, most recently with uh, the the Broncos. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, um, quarterback. He's been floating around the league for years. Everyone knows him. Uh, cornerback Bryce Callahan, thirty one years old. I've uh, been kind of dealing with injuries after being a slot corner with the Chargers and then safety John Johnson, who's 27 years old uh, and is uh, looking to fit in. Also want to point out other big names who weren't listed in that article. Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, Jarvis Landry, all offensive playmakers who are still out there on the free agency market. Is there a name that piques your interest as far as like, what the heck is uh, is the league doing not signing this guy that that's still a free agent, Lauren? Honestly, like Teddy Bridgewater was an interesting name there, mainly because uh, like the two main things that popped in my mind is one, like Joe Burrow has that that calf strain injury and like his backups, you know, they signed Trevor Simeon. OK, yeah. he's a mediocre backup. But I also think like Green Bay right now, their backup quarterbacks are. Sean Clifford from Penn State, Danny Etling, the former LSU undrafted free agent, and then Alex McGough from the XFL. Like Jordan Love is their most experienced quarterback on the roster. You'd think a veteran like Teddy Bridgewater or even Carson Wentz could have some just some valuable experience and mentorship to be able to provide to Jordan Love stepping into a bigger role there. Like the quarterback position is just too valuable. And a lot of teams seem to be opting to go with crappy backups when mm-hmm. I feel like Bridgewater is by no means, you know a guy I want to be starting for 17 games, but you throw him in as a backup. You feel like you're not doomed from the start. I'm, I'm right with you. Teddy has been a guy who's, who can manage offenses. He's smart. Um, you know, he's not, he's not the guy that's going to lead you to big wins or anything like that throughout a season, but he's going to be a guy who can hold the fourth down. If an injury happens, it just, it makes a lot of sense for him to be in that conversation. So I agree him, him being there. I'm also interested in Jarvis Landry. Like, you know, just, I know that he he's had some injuries and that he's 30 and everything, but like he's been a pretty good receiver and, and he's a veteran and he's a guy who I think that, you know, if you were to sign him, he'd be a smart route runner who would know how to pick his spots and know how to be competitive at the right moments. It's another guy that I'm a little surprised is still bouncing around there in free agency. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I think you're hundred percent right. Like it's weird that there's guys that you feel like are starting talent or at least borderline starting caliber talent still sitting out there at this stage of the game when it's like, okay, it's like training camp has started. It was one thing when it's yep. part of the off season, but like now it's go time. This is when guys are are getting up to speed with their new teams, even if they're just signing a little bit late, like even in Gakwe, it's like pushing it a little later than we might've thought he would have signed. And like we talked about a little bit too, we got a good 10 different teams that have 15 plus million dollars in cap space right now. Right. It's not like mm-hmm. no one has any money and none of these players want to take any cheap deals. Like guys, team, teams have money to spend. I know the teams that have money tend to be, the lesser good teams, but like the Cowboys and the Bengals, the Lions, they still have some pretty decent cap space. The Browns, the Jets, the Patriots, even the Eagles have some money to spend here. Like if these teams are waiting for a contender, like this is these players waiting for a contender. Those teams are out there. Those teams have money. What, what's what's the holdup at this point? It's a good question. We'll see if there's a holdup that continues as training camps continue across the NFL. The Locked On NFL podcast will continue next week. Uh, But football is back. The Hall of Fame game has been played. Preseason is about to really be underway very soon here. Lauren, thanks so much for joining me here, filling in for your boy Q, because sometimes we got to, I just got to, I just got to work at work with Lauren because Q's too good for this show. No, I'm playing. Q's just a busy man. It's training camp and training camp is crazy on all of us. But Lauren, let people like find you follow you to get more of your work 
of course, on Twitter at Cox Sports One. And you can hear me five days a week on the Lockdown Bears podcast talking all things Yannick Ngakwe today. Absolutely. Check him out there. If you're a Bears fan or you just want to learn more about what's going on with Yannick Ngakwe, go to Locked On Bears. Lauren's going to have all of it in the best way. Check out the uh, check out that podcast there. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the Locked On NFL podcast. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can rewrite work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I'm covering pit football training camp, and I'll be there tomorrow. If you saw some pit football players scoring for the Jets, that's because they drafted a lot there, and there's going to be some more prime pit players in the NFL draft. Get some of our insights there on who those players might be uh, with our coverage at the Post-Gazette. You can also find me on the Locked On Steelers podcast Monday through Friday, just like Locked On Bears, just like Locked On NFL, breaking things down on your favorite podcasting apps, and on YouTube. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us here in the Friday edition. We'll be back next week as we start to talk about more preseason football and getting ever so closer to the end of the season.